BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Billy Porter about his new film, Anything's Possible. It's his directorial debut. It's a coming-of-age teen rom-com about Kelsa, a confident high school girl who is also trans, as she navigates love and life through her senior year. I also spoke with the film stars Ava Rain and Abu Ali. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Teen comedies are a staple of the movies. Like, who hasn't seen a John Hughes film or held up a boombox like John Cusack and say anything? But the problem with teen comedies is that they usually only feature one type of person, and that type is usually, well, white and mostly straight. That's where Billy Porter's film Anything's Possible comes in. It takes all of the formulas that make great teen comedies great and adds a fresh new take with characters long overlooked in the genre. I spoke with Billy Porter about the film and why it's so important, but first, let's hear from the film's stars. Ava Rain plays Kelsa, a young teen girl who is also trans as she navigates her senior year of high school, and Abu Ali plays Kal, the boy who makes her senior year a little more interesting. I was excited to speak with Ava because, as I found out, we're both from St. Louis, Missouri. Good morning, everybody. Today, we're going to paint a portrait. Pick a partner. That's so good. Can I see yours? That is great. <laughs> Never shown my feelings in public. How do you know when you have a crash? I have a theory. First Insta story is the person you're thirstiest for. Mine is Call. Call Zuwabi. I have a huge crush. What's her name? Kelsa. I don't know what this is, but I like it. 
that uh, pull your hair out, scream it out the window for the whole world to hear kind of deal. Wow, no, I'm, I'm stupid. I hate when people say I'm brave. You're transitioning so young. I just want to tell you how brave you are. It's not that brave if you're just being who you are. These are for, for, for you. And likes you. Yeah, well, I like like you. If you don't like me, just tell me. I still want to be your friend. I didn't say that. We could live our own life or spend the rest of our life wondering what if. So, you've officially set the school on fire. Maybe Honestly, we should go on, on a date. He's only dating you for the woke points. What did you call her? My exceptional daughter. And what is unique about you does not make you hard to love. For the first time in my life, I'm actually excited about what's to come. I truly feel anything's possible. So, Eva, you're from Missouri, I read. I am. St. Louis, born and raised. Same, same. I'm from Kirkwood. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. Well, wait, what, like, part, though? Kirkwood High School is where I went to. And my I'm in sort of the, well, I was in the suburbs okay. a bit, and then I lived down in, in on South Grand. Okay. Okay, yeah. but, yeah, I, I grew up in Lafayette Square. Then okay, yeah. I lived in... East and um, uh, East St. Louis for a while, and then I graduated from Edwardsville High School. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, yeah it's so kind of everywhere. So, Abu, I don't know if you know this. I'll give you an inside club to how St. Louisans work. You always ask, you know, <laughs> where do you go to high school? That's that is the common thing. That's in the way in. Missouri in general. <laughs> It is the way in. I mean, not not. We don't care about college. We don't care about what no. you did after high school. It's <laughs> only where you school, right, Eva? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, you know, like I mean, really, you know, I have to know how to operate off of how you went to high school. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, and that's why I'm. I will say, even though I'm very, I'm very proud of my high school and whatever, but like. Sometimes when I talk to St. Louisans, I'm like, yeah, I know, I was in the suburbs. I know, I know. <laughs> I honestly, no, I honestly feel the same way. I mean, I spent most of my life in the city, so I definitely like claim that more. Yeah, I try same. to turn around the whole high school question, but but yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, the film was wonderful. I just spoke with Billy about it, and it was it was wonderful watching both of you in it. And it's just, I guess, my first question is what what was it like working on this film? It was everything. I had so, so much fun. I learned so, I learned so much, you know, um, I really got to live a dream that I never thought was going to happen. I mean, one, working on a movie, starring in a movie, and then working on it with Billy Porter, like you just can't really get anything better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, what about you, Abba? It was just a joyful, experience like, I always tell people like it felt like summer camp a little bit just because you know there was such like a levity in the air through the whole process and I think we were supported by such like an amazing crew and the cast was just such like a joyful open group of human beings that just made it you know 
a good time. Like, I don't, I don't think there was ever a take where I was like, even like sad scenes, quote unquote, there were never times where we were like, this is heavy or this is hard to live through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, you know, it's a teen rom-com in a lot of ways. And like, even though it is light and, you know, there's, there's a lot of joy in it. Those, I think, Personally, I think it's harder to do joy and light stuff than it is to do like heavy drama because we all know how to cry. We all know what drama's like. You know what I mean? Like we all know tragedy. But like for to read happy and to be happy and to have it seem genuine and realistic and not like hokey. You know what I mean? Because fake happy is also really fun to watch, but that's also easy too. So like how do you how do you between the two of you find this sort of like authentic real joy happiness like what was that like building the relationship between the two of you well you know me and abu we actually have the same birthday so um gemini's yeah yeah so i mean you know just instantly you know you put these two gemini's (laughs) in the same room it's kind of hard to be serious constantly Yeah. (laughs) yeah and i mean and abu was always cracking jokes you know, I've said it a thousand times. He's always singing, um, mm. always talking about his love of Thanos of all people. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such like a like the thing that I keep thinking about with the movie. It's like it's such a deeply unjaded film in like a very jaded world, which I think for all of mm. us in the cast was just kind of like a balm at that time. It really, it was kind of what we all needed. I think what the world needed at the time, and what the world needs right now, frankly. Um, and it just allowed us to, you know, kind of let that, you know, let that like little soft butterfly that's like living in all of us, just let it kind of, you know, come out and let it breathe, let yourself kind of, you know, be soft on the inside, which is hard to do. Yeah. You know, my life very soft. So I'm very a fan (laughs) of people being more soft. I mean, probably not as soft as I I should be. (laughs) Um, but Eva, I, I need to ask you, like, you know, a film like this, and and a lead like you in this is unfortunately rare in Hollywood, and it's it's uh, it's it's something that's kind of shameful that it's, it is so rare. So coming on to a film like this, having it be one of your first big projects, it's I was talking with Billy about this. It's a lot of weight to carry in in sort of the leads on the lead's shoulders in a lot of ways. So like, how did you prepare to I guess societally? take this role on like the reaction that people would have to a role like this and you in a film like this. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing was I constantly checked in with my, with like my best friends, with my sister, with my, with my mom. Um, you know, I think really having the right people, having your village, um, that's what really kept me grounded. Um, but also, I mean, that's something that me and Billy spoke a lot about. We had a lot of talks about what, you know, t- just like what this role means, what it means um, for me on like a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's something that I'm definitely still kind of like getting used to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think just t- taking it slow, um, you know, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of uh, I've gotten a lot of advice from other trans actors. Um, you know, one thing that I heard from India Moore was that I should just have fun that I shouldn't try to like save the world every day. 
And I think having people like that, like just giving me um, those constant, those constant reminders that it's okay to just be human and that, you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, I'm really, really lucky because this is like the best job ever. You know, I get to just have fun. Um, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, but definitely something to think about, um, something that I constantly have to process. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean, and the same for you, Abu, too, in a lot of ways, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's the role of sort of the ally, I think in our community in, in, I mean, I'm a queer person. So like, I do think that it's, it's, uh, I don't know. There's a special role that I think allies and different types of people who are supporting queer people, but especially vulnerable queer people like POC trans people, oftentimes, unfortunately in our society there, there's also a weight that is, is held on your shoulders in a lot of ways too, because it is a, it is a vulnerable to step up and to sort of say, I love this person or I'm okay with loving this person. And it's, how did you approach sort of dealing with some of the societal things that are involved in a story like this? Um, you know, that's a very good question. I think for me, the most important thing was like approaching the process from a space of like generosity and just like availability to like everyone around me, the ensemble around me and like Eva, especially because she's the person who, you know, I spent most of my time with and making sure both as like an actor and like a person on set to kind of do everything I can to make the set feel safe, make the scenes feel safe, make, you know, everyone around me feel as comfortable as possible but I think also within the character to kind of you know I think there's you know we have the trope of you know quote-unquote leading men who are kind of like hey like I'm you know I'm I'm the tough guy well you know that kind of situation I think it was beautiful about this character call them douchebags yeah exactly yeah Yeah. which you know (laughs) is what we've been inundated with for you know however many years and I think there was something beautiful about like living in this body of like tenderness and softness and openness yeah um and, and the, this character that didn't feel the need to uphold what, like, masculinity, quote-unquote, means. Do you know what I mean? Yes. What, what we, we've been conditioned yeah. to think it is. I think there's something really beautiful yeah. about just, you know, allowing this tender, curious human being to live um, mm-hmm. with uh, Kelsa's character. And also in support of Kelsa's character and Kelsa's journey at the end of the day. Yeah, I know that's such a trope in rom-coms in general. Yeah. You have these, like aggro ma- masculine dudes yeah. up there just and no one ever believed that like john cusack was like an aggro dude like come on john <laughs> no like it's it's just not happening so like i love that you said that because there is a there should be a more vulnerability to the masculine presenting you know cisgendered men yeah, yeah. In, in films and just yeah. letting 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 some softness yeah in allowing there. that and, and also knowing that there's power in that you know there's strength in yeah that. and there's beauty in that which yeah. is something we all need I feel like I need to apologize to John Cusack now, but I, I so do you, do He's you actually guys, right like, next to me? Sorry. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> but I want to know like what films did you all watch or what, how did you prepare? Like it is a rom-com. So like you want to, you want to sort of maybe immerse yourself in the tropes of the great rom-coms of the day. And this of course is a heavily influenced by like John Hughes types of films. Of course it's more inclusive than a lot of John Hughes films were, mm-hmm. but what, what, like, what did you watch? What did you do to prepare? 
I definitely thought about 16 Candles. That's one of my mom's favorite films. We've watched it a thousand times. I mean, looking at it now, um, I definitely can see some issues with that movie. Um, you know, it didn't really age all that great. Um, but yeah, thinking about movies like that, thinking about movies like Love and Basketball and just mm. these really amazing stories of love and also things that have humor in it. Those are like, those are the sorts of things that I try to draw on. Um, but also, you know, I thought, you know, I thought about how much I wanted to see a movie like this growing up, but it just didn't really exist, yeah. you know? So, you know, I'm in the really lucky role where I get to be that change that I've wanted to see. Um, yeah, yeah. What about you, Abu? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm very old with you. I cannot lie to you in the face. I'm what you call a bad actor and did not watch any movies to kind of okay. prep, but I'll tell That's you okay. why. Abu is definitely not a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a bad student actor. That's probably the better, the better statement. Um, okay. You're bad at, you're bad at prep. <laughs> but, I mean, for that. me, I, there was, it was actually a conscious de decision because for me, like, there was so much that I felt about the movie that was revolutionary in terms of just like the story and the bodies that were inhabiting this story. So for me, I was like, you know, why not start anew and make a decision about like the world that I feel like this character might live in and just kind of feed it from the outside. So for me, it was like a lot of music. Like I think I played a lot of music for myself that just kind of put me in a space of like, of play and curiosity and just openness. I think that for me was like the, the better way in um, and everyone's yeah. different, obviously, you know, everyone has a different take. But for me, I think I, I actively resisted watching, um, you know, other 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 things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my last question for you both is, you know, Billy Porter is a singular force in a lot of ways. He, he's he, there. There's just something special about Billy that the personality and the creativity and the artistry and a singular force, I think, is the best way to describe Billy. And I I want to know what. If you could narrow down sort of, I'm sure there's a lot, but one thing that you take away from working with Billy that that will stay with you for the rest of your career, what what would that be? We'll start with you, Eva. Oh, much takeaway from working with Billy. He made me feel so empowered every day, even in moments where I didn't think that I needed that, but he could just sense it. But one of the first things that he said when I first met him um, was that he loved my voice. And as a trans woman, my voice is something that I have a complicated relationship with. Um, and knowing that that was a factor in to him casting me, it's something that he wanted me to utilize with every part of me. Like that is something that um, I never thought I would hear from anyone, especially having a background in theater, I really didn't think that my voice was really anything all that special. Um, so really, it was really from like the start of filming that I kind of had to like reframe even how I view myself, how I approach this role, how I approach life. Um, and I feel so much more empowered. I feel... Um, yeah, you know, just having that sense of, like, that sense of confidence in myself. Um, 
I hope that that shows through Kelsa and I hope that shows through the film. Um, but also I hope that it's something that I just keep carrying with me throughout the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abu? Yeah. Uh, make, like making, making, <laughs> making movies is like a very, it's difficult. It's hard. You know what I mean? And I think something that Billy did that for me, I would want to carry through my career if possible is he did this beautiful thing of making the space feel safe for everyone around him. And I think also like mobilizing, you know, like you said, like Billy is, is a white, Billy is, is like, you know, Billy Porter. And I think what he did was yeah. mobilize that privilege, whatever privilege he had or had gained, you know, through his years of experience and, you know, where he is in the industry to make the active choice to make everyone around him feel like they could do the work that they wanted to do and the work that they needed mm-hmm. to do. And I think, you know, it's a beautiful gift to give on a film set. They're hard places to be and it's exhausting work. And to have someone with experience and with, you know, uh, an incredible resume and an incredible career be there for you and let you know, hey, it's okay. Like you have the space to make these mistakes. You have the space to be yourself. You have the space to explore is, you know, is a gift that I wish that I can give to people in the future. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you both so much. Maybe someday Eva will be in St. Louis and we can have, I don't know, Emo's Pizza or something. I'm trying to think of other <laughs> Oh Saint my Louis. God, yes. Emo's is right. lit. I don't care what anyone else says. It's the best. <laughs> thank you. Okay. There yeah. are people who say that it is cheese on a cracker, but it is not cheese on a cracker. And honestly, you know, I have words for those people, words that I won't say right now because I'm a <laughs> professional. But... <laughs> Emo's is the best thing ever. Enough said. Emo's truly is. Truly is. Well, well, thank you both so much. And now my chat with Billy Porter. As I talked about with Eva and Abu, Billy is a singular force in entertainment. He just is. We chatted about the film, how he found Eva and Abu, and the legacy of Pose, which is the show that skyrocketed Billy Porter's career and earned him his first Emmy. I love that you're going in the direction of directing. Like, had you always wanted to do that? Yeah, I've always known that I wanted to direct. I will admit that I thought it was gonna, you know, I was gonna give Clint Eastwood realness. And <laughs> in my twilight years, when yeah. I was um, when I was done performing or when I was bored with performing, that I would transition. I never anticipated that I was gonna be bored with performing so soon. And by bored, I mean, and let me be clear, you know, bored may not be the right word, but um, when I was in my 20s, mid 20s, the first decade of my career became painfully clear to me that the kind of work I wanted to do was not accessible to me. So in order for for me to create work that would be a, that would be the kind of work that I wanted to put out into the world, I was probably going to have to create it and shepherd it myself, which means I would probably have to write it and direct it and do all of those things. So, you know, the gift and the blessing inside of the disappointment of not having the kind of success 
that I yeah. felt I was entitled to because I was talented, you know, in yeah. my 20s, it pushed me deeper. It made me ground myself in a different way. And here I am. Yeah, I think that happens to a lot of, you know, queer POC, just marginalized people in general. Yes, when yes. You're not getting what you feel like you should be doing. You kind of have to create it yourself. Which you I do. Think is kind of a. I mean, it's a bad statement on that the industry should be <laughs> giving us more work. But at the same time, it also sort of makes more creativity in a lot of ways. Right. And it ma it's made me a better artist. Um, it's made me a happier human being inside mm, of yeah. this business. Like it's helped me navigate the business and keep my sanity in ways that I don't know is possible if one doesn't have some um, charge, you know, yeah. when, when we're not in charge of, uh, of, our, of our own journeys, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly, totally. And what I love about, I mean, you mentioned happiness and like the film really is a statement on joy, yes. which I think is, is a wonderful, thing that I mean in my opinion I think we need a lot more of right now is yeah. just finding areas for grace and joy and love and just happiness in a lot of ways in a, in a pretty dark world at the moment was that something and it's also something you don't see a lot of times in queer stories a lot right. of times there's a little bit of joy but there's a lot of sadness there's a lot like, of trauma yes a lot of trauma so like what was that important to you to absolutely focus on the joy? absolutely when I first read the script all I could think of was Oh my God, yeah. there's finally a story about trans joy. Mm. I've just come off of Pose. I love Pose. Pose is yeah. brilliant. Pose is about the trauma and we yeah. choose joy anyway. We choose, we choose love anyway. But this, this piece, Anything's Possible, is pure, unadulterated, joy and it's a coming of age you know rom-com and it's about yeah. a black transgender teenage high you know high school senior and i just and it happens to be you know it happens to take place in my hometown of pittsburgh and you know it yeah. just i was just weeping you know i just yeah. wept the wept tears of joy the first yeah. time that i read it and thought wow if i can be a part of this in any way, what a transformative experience this will be for the world. And the yeah. world does need it. We need it right now, we need it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think for a film like this, I mean, it's unfortunately rare, the type of leads in this film. And, and I do think like it must have been hard for you to find or to really settle on who would be playing these two leads. How did you come across Eva and Abu. Uh, it's a little less difficult than you think. You know, there's a thing called the casting director um, <laughs> who does that search for me. And yeah. then I'm presented <laughs> with, yeah. you know, in this moment, in COVID, I was presented with, you know, audition uh, tapes of people. I mean, when you're doing film and television, you're pretty much you're pretty much seeing people on camera, um, yeah. you know, and there were, there was a group of people for every role and, mm -hmm. you know, the best person got the gig. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. But it's also, I mean, the the relevance and the importance of this story. And when you cast someone like Eva, this is going to there's going to be a focus on certain aspects of the story with that character. And yes, it's it's. I mean, that I'm sure is a consideration when you're casting someone that can really lead the film and yeah. and really lead the sort of the scrutiny that 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 character is going to get just because the way the mainstream media can be sometimes. Yeah, the thing about Eva is, and I was very specific in the casting of her, is she's very grounded. Yeah. She may be a little bit more grounded than people are used to characters in a rom comedy coming of age story in the spirit of the old John Hughes movies. She is not Molly Ringwald, right? Yeah. It's, she's not the typical um, uh, ingenue in the way that we're used to receiving it in a comedy mm -hmm. like this. And I did that because, and I was really looking for that and I, and I chose her on purpose because the story that we've never seen before requires a different kind of depth to lead it. You're absolutely right. She's number one on the call sheet. The whole story is on her shoulders. So therefore, yeah. she has to be strong enough. She has to be grounded enough inside of this space yeah. to mm -hmm. help the audience along, help us understand the importance and the why. Right? Yeah. She's not a little white girl. She's a transgender <laughs> yeah. black girl who came yeah. out before she was 17 in high school. That means she has a different kind of maturity. A maturity that's yeah. not required by cisgendered white girls or cisgendered black girls or cisgendered straight anything. You know, it's like she yeah. had to be, for me, for my money, she had to be... Um, the thing I love about her performance is that it's very grounded, it's very present, and it's a and it's mature. There's a maturity to her it is. that that I um, see Zendaya. In her. Say that again, honey. She, I mean, in watching the film, I see Zendaya. I see. Yes. I see sort of like a young, confident artist. That yes. Is just in her in her element. Yes, and Hemina, our our screenwriter, wrote a story about an empowered black transgender girl empowered yeah. being the operative word and we're you we're so used to the, the trans community the queer community um not being empowered being yeah. disempowered you know from the yeah. get-go out the box, you know, and I wanted to make sure that everybody knew she's not begging nobody for nothing and she don't need a man <laughs> to do nothing it's true. It's true. Now, one of the things that I love about sort of you directing this is that you're so known for your personality. You're so known for you <laughs> you know, your runways and your, you, I mean, you are, you just are. And, and that's what, I mean, people gravitate you to you for that. And they have for the majority of your career, I think is for your personality. And, and, and then of course your artistry as well. Yes. How, thank you. how do you put your personality into something that you're not in? You know what I mean? Oh, well, 
Um, nobody can do this alone. Yeah. There are artisans all around me. You know, the costume, the costumes, the DP, the hair, the makeup, you know, they are all, you know, uh, Lasonia and uh, uh, Sabina have been with me since Kinky Boots. You know, I brought, uh, oh God, Anna Lucia, Anna Lucia and uh, my DP. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Now you're putting me on the spot with names. My, uh, I mean, my DP, <laughs> um, Andre, uh, my DP, okay. you know, both of whom came from Pose with me. Um, I was surrounded by actors, you know, outside of the kids, almost all of the actors, all of the adult actors in the movies, in the movie are friends of mine. Hmm. Um, artists who I've worked with since I was a teenager, some of them. Yeah. Um, many, some of them still live in Pittsburgh. You know, hmm. uh, you know, the art teacher, Lenora Nimitz, was my mentor in high school. You know, the, the librarian was my mentor since middle school. You know, so like, I was able to infuse on my first time out, praise the Lord. I was able to surround myself with all of the things that I needed to make sure yeah. that my vision and my personality, as you say, um, yeah. was grounded in the piece. It really, it really comes through. Oh, it's, good. It's, that uh, makes me happy. Because yeah. I do have, yeah, you know, I do, I've been watching for a long time. I've been on the sidelines. I've been directing in theater for a long time. I do have a point of view. I do yeah. know exactly what I want to say, and I know what I want it to look like. And I know how to tell it to the artisans around me who can then take it and make it even better than what I had in my mind. You know, it's it's it was a magical it was magical to watch it yeah. come together my first time out on a film like this. It was magical. Definitely. And I I what I one thing I love is that I mean the the films of John Hughes is definitely used a lot in sort of describing the joyful tone of the film and and sort of the I mean just this the films of John Hughes in general which are iconic. So I wanted to know what when you were getting ready for this project. I mean, what what films did you watch to get ready or did you take inspiration from in preparing for this? I, okay, let's talk about John Hughes for a minute. Please. I went to John Hughes and I started trying to watch some John Hughes movies. No shade, please, <laughs> no shade. They yeah. don't necessarily age very well. They don't. It You're was a so different. Right. So it was right. a different time. Yeah. And in the moment that they were in, they were extraordinary. They were magnificent. They were wonderful. They were our like life's blood. And you go back mm -hmm. to it, and most of the time, the entire cast is all white. Yeah. When there is a minority, AKA an Asian person, and one of them, I can't remember what, what it was. Um, the stereotypes abound. Um, yeah. And what I want, and, and 
So what I began to extract was, I want to extract the joy. I want to extract the importance of adults taking our young people seriously. Because I think that was one of the one of the real uh, important parts of those movies was that the kids were taken seriously. Yeah, their emotions, their the space they were in, all of that they were taken seriously. I wanted to bring that, and I also just wanted with this, I wanted it to reflect what the world looks like. You know, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that, in retrospect, was always so difficult for me. Yeah. You know, I there wasn't anybody that looked like me mm-hmm. in those movies. And so I had to superimpose myself onto an archetype that was white. You know, yeah. and so now yeah. we have a movie in the spirit of those films with a cast that looks like the world today. And yeah. that makes me so yeah. happy. It, it's so true. It's so true. And it's, it's one of those, I mean, for me, John Hughes films, you're right. Cause I mean, even as a little gay boy, a white gay boy, yeah. I never, I never, I had to like respond to Joan Cusack. Yeah. There like, were no gay people in those movies. There were no queer people. Yeah, exactly. But I, but, but the supporting characters, I mean, that's the one thing I do see in similarities between your film and some of John Hughes's films is that the strong cast of characters that are amplifying the leads, yes. you know, unique people that are You're just, sometimes weird. you know what I mean? Like that's, you watched I, it exactly the way that I did it. You're good, I mean, honey. You know, queer people stick together. We get each other's vibe. You know you, what I mean? You got exactly what it was that I was trying to do because you know, when you're, when you're, you have the straight characters, and by straight I mean like the normal ones, <laughs> the yeah, grounded exactly. ones. You yeah. know, you have your two yeah. leads, you have your ingenues, um, your love interests that ground the film, and then everybody else around them can just be magical fairies yeah. sprinkling, yeah. you know, fabulousness yeah. all over everything. Totally. You know, and um, that was actually intentional. So it's really cool that you that you recognize that watching it. Oh, yeah. I I pick. I mean, I I always tell like I'm living my life as a weird supporting character, and I think those <laughs> are the best. Those are the best of me. Those yes. are the best. Um, well, my last question for you is actually about Pose because I do think one of the things that I was thinking about in watching the film is the the impact that Pose has not only had on your career but also just sort of the legacy of Pose and in what ways, because this, this film I think is, is an example of sort of what Pose did, which is showing yes. to the world trans, POC people, queer people in different lights. Yes. And it's allowing for different stories to be told. So I wanted to know what your thoughts are on the impact of Pose and if it changed entertainment. Well, you just answered your own question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> it really did. It's it you know, yeah. it cracked open a space and a conversation mm-hmm. that didn't exist before. Yeah. And there's no turning back. 
And what I love is that Ryan Murphy, in his infinite art and wisdom, understood that it was his allyship mm-hmm. to the queer community, particularly the Pose community, that would be the springboard for the entire space cracking open and moving forward. Um, You know, he taught all of us how to fish. Mm. He taught us all. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, there's this saying, it's like, don't don't feed me, teach me how to fish so I can feed myself. Mm. Yes. Right? That's the idea of that that trope. It's like he set up a space for all of us to learn how to do it ourselves so that we could go out into the world and keep going. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm here because Mr. Murphy took the time to care Mm. and do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I have to say I'm a big fan and I love all the work you're doing and just continued success. Thank you. You're a boy to watch. Thank you, I appreciate you. What's your favorite teen comedy? I'll be honest, Heather's holds a special place in my heart. Honestly, really anything with Winona Ryder as like a teenager is gonna be my favorite teen comedy. I, I said it. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Bye.